Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Six Sense Podcast. I'm your host, Lucas, with my co-host here, Jonathan. Jonathan, it's been a long week, and we're in the dull lull of the NBA season, but we still have some interesting stuff come out, because of course, it wouldn't be a summer without Ben Simmons. Talk. It wouldn't. My honestly, my favorite topic. I think probably people listening to this podcast in the last month might think my ha- favorite and most passionate topic is James Harden, which it has been. But Ben Simmons is my true favorite topic to talk about, and that is not sarcasm. I love positive and negative here. So um, I thought it was sarcasm. Tra- to be honest, I'm not gonna lie. I, I mean, it, it might be sarcasm because I like people because like I don't like him, obviously. But the topic, man, that gets me fired up. So. Okay, Let's fair. jump right into it. Ben Simmons had an interview with Mark Spears on an affiliate of ESPN. And a lot of things talked about, like his injury, upcoming season, all that. But everything was dwarfed by his statement talking about if he were to be traded again, that he would love to come to Philly. No one could believe that he said that. He said Philly's a second home. He would love to come back. He had a, I think, I'm not sure exactly the word, but a tough relationship. It was a hard way to leave or something like that. I mean, I I don't know what story he's rewriting, but uh, yeah. What were your first thoughts? Like, do you believe him? No, I don't look, I don't, (laughs) I don't because like no way would anybody after what the fans put him through, what we put him through. Cause we, we have definitely dumped some trash on him in this podcast. Like no, no holds bar. We have, yeah, us alone. And the rest of the Philly fan base has probably been far worse than we have. And but why say that then? Why say that? Why say that? Because, you know what? Ben Simmons had to work on his mental health, and I'm sure this is probably part of the journey somewhere. But does it make sense to me? Absolutely not. Dude, it wasn't even a question that was prompted by Mark Spears. This was a this was a brought up by Ben. Do you think he's having remote? Maybe he's missing the days of his good play, and maybe that's why he feels this way. Dude, I have no idea. Honestly, part of me says I believe him just because I think he's so not in tune and doesn't understand anything. Like that—that that would be like p- perfect, perfect Ben Simmons to genuinely think that he could come back here and that it's a second home. Like uh, he might be narcissistic enough to believe that. So. Honestly, Ooh, I, narcissism. I think that's a new one that we've used on the podcast here before. Okay. Okay. Narcissism. Okay. I can I'm just saying, like, what what is going through your mind? I mean, all right, I think delusional would probably be the better term than narcissism, but you know, who knows? I who think knows? in this scenario, you're right. Delusional is probably the better word, but I think he is narcissistic to think that like like in that interview he was saying he's like ready to tear the league by storm or something along those lines. Like, I don't know, man. But I gotta ask you, would you even want him back in any any scenario? No. No. I can't. I can't. <laughs> look, I can't. Look, like, let's just let's take the emotion out of this. Does Ben work on this team? The answer to this question is an emphatic no. Because Ben needs the ball in his hands to be successful. James and Tyrese are already haggling over ball control. And then there's Joel, of course, that that needs a lot of touches. Tobias got turned into a 3 and D guy, which would, you know, he would be essentially sliding into, like, the P.J. Tucker role. And P.J., I mean, granted, he wasn't great at it, but he could shoot threes last year. Ben couldn't he? Man, he said he was working on his, his uh, corner three. I'll believe it when I see it. And even when I see it, I need to see it for a long time. 
like, okay, but say Harden's off the team. Okay, if Harden's off the team, is there a scenario where it could work? Maybe. Maybe. On the court. But the bigger issue... You're just talking... Yeah, yeah. Like, strictly just... We're not talking about, like, his relationship with anybody, his relationship with the fans, nothing like that. We're talking purely on the court. Tyrese can play off the ball. We know this. Him and Joel had a little shallow pick-and-roll game that I, I liked when they were there, when they did play they didn't play it too often but when they did it seemed to work um is there a way for that to happen maybe but i i think until ben if ben comes back the former ben then yeah there's a way for this to work but it would you know diminish tyrese maxi to an extent and then what do you do in the playoffs then do you go to maxi who hasn't had the ball in his hand all year long you know it's it's if James Harden and Joel are not here, then I think that it's, it's it could work. But if just one of them's not here, I don't don't see it's possible. No. All right. Well, you since you did majority on the court, I just want to go off the court because okay, I heard a lot of people. I heard a lot of people talking about this today. Mm-hmm. So on Philly Sports Radio, the best show ever, which is like two to six, they were debating like what you would need to see from them, and they were saying like billboards, like a full blown national interview, apology, saying he was in the wrong, like apologies to everyone, like stuff like that. Um, Stephen A. Smith was just saying like that. Stop stealing people's money. Yes, he was all in on that, but it was like it's just very much. There's no way, like there's no way. I don't care if he does billboards. I don't care if he, I don't care if he came back for free. Like, seriously, there's no way you can actually come back to this town. He he was that it is it is what it is. I am who I am or whatever. Like, I'm pretty sure he even said that in this interview. Again, he said, like, it is what it is about, like, Philly. Like, he missed, like, passed up a dunk over Trey Young, got roasted, didn't take any responsibility for any play. And there's just absolutely no way that he can come back. He sat out claimed back issue then went to mental health which okay i'm sure if he has that but to come with back issue first sit out collect money like he has burned so many bridges like the two most hated people in philly i feel like in the past five ten years are carson wentz and ben simmons and neither of them can get back in the city and for the fact that he even said this like i don't know what he thought he was doing again unprompted unprompted is what blows my mind like mark spears wasn't like hey how was your time in philly it was like if you were, if I was going to get traded, I'd love to go back to Philly. It's a second home. He can't actually believe it's a second home, can he? I look. Who knows Ben's life off the court? But I'll say this: if a Sixes organization is going to accept him again, none of the re- players from the previous regime can be there. The GM, coach, even ownership would have to change in order for that for that organizationally to even be plausible. But I think you're right. Look, there are going to be there are some Philly fans that have, I've heard that have kind of talked themselves into it a little bit if they could have them at like a cheaper contract or whatever. And then there's some Philly fans like yourself, and I believe this is more in the mass vast majority here that it, it, that there's just no way he gave up on the city and he can take responsibility. Look, Philly's a town. And I mean, we we're Delaware guys. There's no denying that. But we we've been close enough to Philly to know what the type of town it is. If you're a sports figure and you mess up, if you own it and you like take responsibility for that, the city will come back around. It might take a little like, bit of time, but it will they'll come back around. That didn't happen here. 
No, the, but like that's the perfect example. The perfect example is Alec Boehm, right? He said he made two errors, was getting booed by the fans last year, and the cameras called him saying, I hate, I blank hate this place. And then after the game, he literally just said, yes, I said that. I was frustrated, owned up to it, and he got a standing ovation the next game. Like, you're right. They just want you to take accountability. And I also, like, I I think Philly fans are so easy to please. And I think Bryce Harper is, like, reads into it well. I think Joel, until recently, has, like, done right in it to it well. Tyron and I don't know, is doing it very well. Yeah, and I don't know, like, what why it's so hard for some people to see. And I just think that I, I just don't see – I'm surprised if any Philly fans – are okay with them coming back. There's just I know at least one in a group chat that I'm in. I'm not going to call them it, out, but it blows my mind. But we will get to a little more of that interview. He said that he believes he is back to his all-star form. So, do you think that that's true? Look, I think that that's possible because let's it, back issues take years to come back from. It doesn't. It's not like a quick fix. And like we know, Steve Nash, like he struggled with it, and towards the end of the year, it just kaputs him, right? And Ben definitely looked kaputs last year. He was having to play with really – like, look, any player playing with Kyrie and Kevin Durant, it's, it's high pressure. Like, I'm not going to – like, that situation last year with the Nets, with Steve Nash at the beginning, with Kyrie doing his thing, KD asking out twice. Like, and, like, the fact is, is if he – if we believe him in saying that his back was still going out to the point where he, like, like – fell down from pain on a staircase, which I've heard that story multiple times. If he's really back from that, then I I think it's possible. And look, he, he talked about how him and head coach, um, what's the head coach's name? Uh, Jock Vaughn are now on good terms because last year they were not on good terms. I don't know if he followed that at all, but they were not like, Jock Vaughn was sick and tired of Ben Simmons shenanigans. And I can't say that I blame him, but they apparently got on good terms this summer. They're on the same page. Ben's going to be their point guard, which that would have changed my point guard r- rankings article from this summer because I had uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, which we'll talk about more later. Um, but look, if Ben Simmons can be Ben Simmons, they have. Look, outside of Nick Claxton, who's still a really good defender, like they have the ideal offensive players around him. And if Ben can have even a mid-range shot, Nick Claxton works. Because what they have is a whole bunch of shooters. Dorian Finney-Smith, Mikel Bridges. Ben doesn't have Cam a mid-range Johnson. game. I'm just saying, if it happens, which we know it probably won't. But still, even with those three good shooters, him and Claxton can make it work somehow. Like that, that It's not impossible for that to not work. And, like, I I see that, like, in the regular season, Ben Simmons could work for them. Playoffs, I I think we both know the answer to that one. But during the regular season, I I think that Ben Simmons could make that team run at a high pace, high octave. Like, he's going to make all the passes. They're going to be a high-volume three-point shooter. And if he's back to his all-star form, then, you know, he's going to be averaging, what, 15, 8, and 8? Yeah. I mean, well, if he's back to his all-star form, yeah. But yeah. So you watched First Take today? Uh, I saw clips, but I, I yeah, saw so what Stephen A. Smith said, but I didn't see any, like, the the big take because they put it on the ESPN app. But that's all. Well, so that's I, what I'll say. Like, what Ben Simmons said to me, or what, sorry, what Stephen A. Smith said about Ben Simmons was what I said about Ben Simmons a year ago. So I feel like I deserve credit. Stephen A. Smith you, said. Can you say what, yeah, I was about to say, say what he said. He said, if... If Ben Simmons wasn't getting paid his current contract, like the only reason he's in the NBA today is because he's getting paid by the by the Nets. And that's that, fair. 
That's fair. Seems to be along the lines of me saying that there is a realistic chance. I said this a year ago, apparently broke the site a year ago that there's a realistic chance he is out of the league after this contract. And I, look, I don't retire. disagree. There's a chance if he does not come back to his form. Yeah. Look, you so can't have a non-shooter like that, shooter. That ball I, seriously, I, I fully believe that. Like, I fully believe what Stephen A. Smith said today, that I don't think he's coming back to his all-star form. And I genuinely am here not trying to get a hot take. I genuinely am here believing that when this contract ends, I'm not sure I see a spot in the NBA at all for him. And I, I'm sticking to that. Said it a year ago, and in two years we can come back to this topic. But I don't know. I I am excited to see what he thinks he looks like now. And if he's better, I'll be the first one to apologize. But I'm telling you, I think we're going to see same old, same old. I, I mean, look, if, you're probably like right, but for Mikel Bridges' sake, because I I am a big Mikel Bridges' sake. I hope that you're wrong, because Mikel Bridges deserves to be on a winning team. And if Ben yeah, Simmons no. can get back to it, I, that would be great for. And I think it would be it'd be a good story for the NBA. I think it would be, be a good story. story. It would be a good. And story. you're right. I'd like to see Mikael Bridges win. So, like, mm-hmm. if what do you think that ceiling looks like in this fantasy world for the Nets? Uh, well, like I said, they'd be a good regular season team. Let's look at the East right now. Currently constructed, you know, assuming that James Harden comes back in place, right? You have the top three teams are probably, you know, in no particular order, us, Milwaukee, and the Celtics, right? Then you have the Heat. Then who's that fifth team? Probably who's that fifth team? The Nets? Yeah, probably, right? No, the the Knicks. The Knicks? Okay, so you got the Knicks. Then who's six? Who's six? It's a toss-up, right? So if yeah. Ben Simmons comes back to his form, then they're a playoff team at the sixth seed. And depending on what happened with the Knicks, maybe they take a regression like they did two years ago after they made the playoffs. Um, if that happens, then they could be a fifth seed. And who knows? Maybe Miami, if they don't get this Damian Lillard thing done, maybe they fall. And then, they, then they're a, what, a fourth seed? Totally plausible, right? Because I don't, I don't trust Atlanta. Because I don't trust that backcourt. Let's be honest. Toronto's in a rebuild. The Hornets are still on the. They're 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 on the up and up, but they're not there yet. Orlando's an interesting team to watch out for. They're an interesting team to watch out for. Which reminds me, we need to start doing off preseason predictions. But Orlando's an interesting team to look at. And then who else am I missing here from the East? Toronto. I already said they were rebuilding. Uh, Chicago. Chicago, they're they're dumpster fire right Cleveland. now. Cleveland. Cleveland. We didn't say Cle- Cleveland. Oh, Cleveland is just yeah, they're a top six seed. So they're still playoff. They're a playing team, right? The Nets are still a playing team. Yeah. Um, but like there's look, the East is not as certain as they were before. You got Detroit that's still rebuilding. Who knows? Indiana, they might surprise some people. Like Honestly, like, look, they could be a play, play, a playing team. I think that's probably their ceiling, just because the East is so deep, and yeah. But if Ben Simmons is not the guy that they think he will be, then they're probably tanking for uh, Cooper Flag. Is yeah, that's right. He reclassified, so he's going to get drafted next year. Cooper Flag, man, I'm excited for him as a prospect. Yeah, he's looking good. Yeah. 
What do you think? Do you think they're their playing team with Ben Simmons going coming back to all star form? Yeah, definitely. But I don't think he's doing that. But yes, if he is back, that's a question. If he's back and he's looking all star form, I, I don't see why they're not playing. I could see them in the six or the five if he's really that good. They got young talent. They got some shooters, like you said. But I mean, I'm I'm excited to wait and see now. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's go ahead and switch gears. And we're like, this is not a super long podcast for us, guys. This is not going to be super long. But we do have one more thing we want to talk about. One of our contributors recently came out with an article about 10 uh, trades that you could use to replace Tobias Harris at the trade deadline. So we're going to jump into it, and we're going to say if we agree or disagree. I don't think he put these in any type of particular order. Correct me if I'm wrong here. Um, no, that's my understanding. Okay, so I mean, re- Sorry, I, I don't ahead. know. I, I think it gets better as you go down, like as we're going to go 10 to 1. So maybe mm-hmm. it is in order. Maybe. Um, but we're going to say whether or not we want these guys on our team and if so, how they fit or how they don't fit. Um, remember, Tobias Harris has $39 million, So probably, even though these players are the headliners here, they're probably not going to be the only players sent in this yeah. trade. Um, so let's look at it. First player here is Terry Rozier from the Hornets at number 10. And this would have to be multiple players in the article. He mentions Miles Bridges or Gordon Hayward to Philly as well. Um, how do we feel about Terry Rozier? Yeah, I mean, specifically around Scary Terry, that guy's a bucket. But I don't know that he's the best teammate. I don't know that he's the best. Like, he's part of a winning team. He's like a... He's a six-man. Like he's a really... He's more of a six-man. He should be coming off the bench. Right? He is a six-man, but I don't even know that I would want him as a six-man on our team. It, again, I don't know what kind of value you were looking for with Tobias Harris. We're probably not going to get a starter. Maybe we can. Depends who we package. But, I mean, Terry Rozier is an absolute bucket, but he just is like a green light shooter, kind of a black hole when he touches the ball. Yeah. So I think I'm leaning away on this. What about yeah, you? I'm, I'm leaning away too because, you know, you got to either get Gordon Hayward, who's like, bound to miss about 40% of your games or Miles Bridges, who is a PR nightmare that I would not want to touch and is looking for a new deal. So, and like Terry Rozier is a six man. You can't play him next to Maxi because there's going to be defensive problems. And so you're going to have to have him probably come off the bench here. And are you going to trade a starting power forward who's six, nine, who's a two way player that can, uh, you know, three level score for a guy that, is limited on defense, kind of a streaky shooter outside of the three-point line. I mean, inside the three-point line, I, I say no. Yeah, I mean, Tobias, arguably the best player in the postseason the last two years for the Sixers. Um, yeah, for sure, for sure. So the next one here is another point guard, but he's a little bit bigger. This is uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. Uh, he got traded back to the Nets after being traded from the Nets for uh who was it was it james no who do they trade him for traded Kyrie. Him for Kyrie. was it Kyrie? really i'm pretty confident it was Kyrie. no he went to he went to washington didn't he it was washington and then dallas and then he oh no i'm talking about when he got traded away from uh, the brooklyn the first time oh was it for uh i don't even know it uh, clearly it's not important enough for us to know um but he made his way back, and so he uh, he was their starting point guard for the remainder of last season. He's projected to be, I'm assuming, their backup point guard coming off the bench. He he does do best as a sixth man, can average about 16, 6, and 6, 6'5", uh, six, good size, good three-point shooter. Um, 
good secondary playmaker. Could he fit next to Tyrese and Joel, though? That's a good question. And obviously, yeah, we so, need more pieces, but I, I, I like the idea. He got traded uh, to the Wizards in a five-team deal, so we d- should not. That's okay. We didn't know that. Okay. Um, I think, yeah, he's, he kind of reminds me like a knockoff DeMar DeRozan. His game's more like mid-range, and he can get to the basket if he needs. Okay, three-shooter. I mean, I think he can fill a similar role of Tobias, but I kind of I think it's a downgrade. Look, it, if you get rid of James Harden, I think Spencer Dinwiddie is a nice backcourt partner with Tyrese because he can he can play off the ball, he can play on the ball, he can create, he can create for himself, create for others. Um, this is a trade that you trade if you also are trying to get off of Tobias. Uh, if after you take it, get rid of James Harden, because I don't think this works with James Harden. Uh, is it a downgrade from Tobias? It depends on how you restructure the rest of your roster. They said, uh, I don't. Did he say who he would include in this trade with? With I don't think so. Um, so, but yeah, no. It would with be, with Dinwiddie, no. yeah. But it's a it's an interesting fit. I'm not going to say no right off the bat. I think depending on how the rest of the roster looks, it could it could work. Yeah. The next next one here is often injured, uh, but really good player when healthy. Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, the the Celtics tried to trade him last summer, this past summer, to the Clippers, which ultimately fell through when they were trying to get Chris Bo- Christops Porzingis. Instead, they traded Marcus Smart to Memphis and still got Porzingis. Um, he's on an expiring deal and I look, he's good and I like him and I would like him next to, to Maxi, but my problem is healthier and he's getting yeah. older. Like he, he was an old rookie when he came in. I think it was wasn't like that, wasn't he that still, what kept he, him from going to Los Angeles was the injury. I, he didn't that was speculated, but not speculated, but not confirmed. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't know what the injury is. Um, the thing is, like I said, his health, and he's a bit older too. I, you know, he was he was a super rookie like Joel was. He stole the rookie of the year from Joel, so. But I'm not worried I about that. Gonna... <laughs> I, I'm not too worried about that. But I think age and health is a big reason why I say no on this trade. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say, how are they going to stand next to each other with the rookie of the year and should have been rookie of the year? But I don't know. I like Malcolm Brogdon's game, but you're completely right. The injury history is the is the main issue um, and the expiring contract. So I'm not sure that that's the kind of move you're looking for when you're trying to trade, trade Tobias. But uh, I mean, good player, but I can mm-hmm. see why he's included. All right. Our next one here. And I actually kind of like this one. Yep, this is one of my favorites. Okay, so this one is Tyler Hero. This would be in conjunction if the he can acquire Damian Lillard. And it's been reported that the Blazers have no tri- interest in Tyler Hero, so they would have to dump him somewhere else. We could be that somewhere else. Uh, we can't really offer too much for him, but Tyler, a backcourt of Tyler Hero and Maxi. not really much on defensively there. That's, that's probably going to be the biggest problem, but offensively? That's a fun backcourt, and I like that. Yeah, go Wildcats, two uh, yeah. two star Kentucky guards. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, Portland doesn't need him. They got Scoot, Shaden, and Simons, as it says in the article. Um, and yeah, Tyler Hero, six man of the year already. He has shown that he can show up in big moments. He was hurt in this past playoff run, but uh, 
He's a he's a really good player, and I think this would be a great pull for the Sixers. This is one of my favorites of the of the prospects in the article. Of course, you would have to get rid of James Harden too, but I would assume that that would happen. But yeah, no, this this could help. You know, if this happens, though, I feel like a rebuild w- without Joel is probably going to happen, but still not terrible. Could be worse situations. Now, this one, I don't think is possible. I don't think it's possible, but I think it would be ideal, especially if it was James Harden instead of um, Tobias Harris here. And that would be, of course, uh, Zach Levine. You guys heard talk about before. I think Levine would be a perfect co-star next to Joel and Maxi. I think he could become like a Ray Allen sort of player. You know, first half of his career really with the dunking and stuff. Second half more with the shooting. And I think that would be fun. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, Levine seems to be the uh, the sleeper kind of huge name in the Harden news. It's very under the radar, but I mean, he fits. He really does fit well next to Embiid, and and he's a alpha. He's a lead guy. He can go and get his points. He can shoot well from three. I feel like he's more inconsistent game over game, but like when he's hot, man, he's going off. So um, I love. I I like the idea of Zach Levine here. It would be extremely tough to make the trade. I think work. But the Bulls, no one knows what they're doing. They're in no man's land. Like, are they going to give it another go? Lonzo's had another season. So I I would monitor this. I would monitor it too. But I think it's more of a James Harden thing than anything else. That yeah, being said, yep. let's go to uh, his co-star, DeMar DeRozan. I think this, this would be a more natural fit with if you keep the roster together and you just switch out to bias. Like, you keep Harden. You keep everybody else. You just switch out. I think uh, DeMar DeRozan, not a great three-point shooter, but miss, he's a closer that you can trust. Can't trust James. Uh, you, you, not sure if you can trust Joel, but you can trust DeMar DeRozan. And I don't yeah, know if they do I, this. They're both on expiring contracts, but I I like having him as a small forward. Yeah, and I think I said this in another podcast. Like, just somewhat style of play. He reminds me of Jimmy Butler. Like, just yeah, a little bit, yeah. Player. Downhill player, mid-range shooter, and he's just a dog. Like, yeah, like at, sometimes you're like, how does he get all his points? And you watch the highlights, and they're not, like, flashy. They're not, like, highlight reel. He just consistent. Kind of seems like a, he's out of place in, in an era. Like, he would have thrived even more in the 80s and 90s. But Well, you um, know, he, mo- he models his game after Kobe, so that's, that's part of it. Yeah, so I, I like DeMar DeRozan. Again, I'm, I would consistently monitor the Bulls. Um, yeah, I mean, I think they're doing this. I would assume, all right. They, they they resigned him. They got him back. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, but, but I yeah, will say this: the Bulls and the Raptors are the two teams I think that are most likely to blow things up this year. Yep. And they're the ones that you really need to watch because I think Masai Ujiri has kind of stunk as a GM the last couple of years, and they need I I they if I'm ownership of the Raptors, I start considering moving on because you keep on losing stuff for nothing. Yeah, and I I think you know what you you blow it up, rebuild around Scotty, and if I'm the Bulls, you know I said this in a previous podcast, they're doubling down. They shouldn't be, but they 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 need to like pull a Kyle Shanahan and just admit that they messed up and move on and trade Charles yeah. Ansel, you know Demar Derozan and Zach Levine. So we'll see what happens there. Next one, we're talking point guards here. Would you want CP3 in Philly? Yes. Hard yes. This might be uh, not fully supported by other people, but like I might be in the minority here. 
I think he is his his basketball IQ, the way he plays the game, his mid range shot. I think he has another year where he could be the third best player on a team and be absolutely incredible in that role. I think he fits perfectly with Embiid. He'd find him in great spots. He'd set Tyrese up in ways that I think James does, but maybe in a, like a little better spot. I'm not saying he's going to like take us over the top and get us to the NBA championship, but I just think the way he plays the game, pass first, great court vision, would be amazing to have on this team, veteran leadership. This might be, like, I, I mean, I don't know if, if the Warriors would want to buy us, but I am. I would love to see just one year to see if he has anything left. I'm going to stand up a hard no on that. Look, he, he looked – he was already losing a step in Phoenix last year. He's projected to be a backup in, in Golden State. I don't like his fit next to Maxi. Him and D-Book already had defensive problems in D-Book's like 6'5". Maxie's 6'3". Him and Joel would have a fun pick and roll, but obviously him and James Harden don't have good chemistry. James would have to be gone for this to even be a thought, but I just don't see it, dude. I don't, and I, I'm going to be like in the majority here and say no way, Jose. That That's being, fair. That's fair. Yeah. Next one here, and this is interesting. I I don't know how I feel about this one, so I'm going to let, let you tell me first. Kyrie Irving. No. So um, it is a no for the whole issue. Like earlier, you were talking about Ben Simmons on court. Man, if you just got on court Kyrie, I would I would trade so much to get him. Like him and Embiid, both like in their prime, like game changers. Kyrie is that closer. He has ice in his veins. He hit that game seven winner with the Cavs, LeBron. Incredible talent on the court. We all know that. But with everything that comes with him, I would I would not. I wouldn't even consider this. I am going to consider it. And honestly, if things like on-court play doesn't work in Dallas. You know, I, I don't think I would do Tobias for him, but I think I would do James Harden in a second. I think I would trade him for James Harden in a second. Because okay. we need a closer, and look, I, Tobias doesn't make sense for us or for them, but you know what? You could put James and Luca next together, see if that works. I don't think it would, but that's not really my problem. That's their problem. And more importantly, I would say, that Kyrie would fix our problems at the end of games. I mean, that is the biggest issue we have. I don't disagree with anything you said about him on court. And I think at this point in Kyrie's career, like he took this money, like he was playing chicken for a second with the Dallas Mavericks, but pretty much at the beginning of free agency, he took the money. So that lets me know that Kyrie realizes that he's on thin ice in the league. So I'm not, I'm not too worried about it. I'm not as worried as I used to be about it. Like last year, no way. Now that I've seen what happened this offseason and how he reacted, I'm going to say that I, I feel a little bit better. Not great, but I can swallow, I can I can roll the dice on it. I can roll okay. the dice on it. So that being said, let's go to our next guy here. This one, I low-key like this move. But I don't think Toronto's going to do this move, and that's to get Pascal Siakam. Yeah, They're both on expirings. And if they're going to trade Pascal Siakam, which we know that uh, Masai Ujiri wants, like, a heaven and earth for any player that he tries to trade. So if he trades, trades Siakam, he's going to want a lot more. And I, I think more likely he's going to go to Atlanta 
than anywhere else because they seem to want him. But I I think that I look, I think the fit is great with him, Joel. It gives, you know, he's he can dribble, he can attack off the dribble a little bit. He's a you know, he's solid two way player. I think he him and Joel have that, you know, camaraderie from being they're from the same country, right? I think I so. I don't know that. I don't know I, that. I think they are. I'm not hundred percent sure. But the, they have a good relation off the court. Um, it could help keep Joel happy, which I think we def- desperately need. And I don't hate the fit. So I think this – and, you know, Nick Nurse re- reunion too. So I, I don't hate it. I think – but I just don't think that unless they wanted – unless, like, they want to do right by Siakam, I don't think they do this trade. Yeah, I mean, I I think I'm pretty tepid about this. I'm not leaning one way or another. I could see how it could help the team, but I'm not – going out of my way to make changes. Like, there is something to say about chemistry. Tobias has been here long enough. Like, yeah, it would suck to let him walk for nothing. I think you evaluate what you have at the trade deadline, but I'm not, I'm not going, I'm not, like, going out of my way to make this, I don't think. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Last one, and this is, I don't even know why this one's on here because it's never going to happen. Tobias Harris for Damian Lillard. Yeah, I, that's, this is the, uh, Harden. I think you and I talked, like I've been saying, a lot of these trades come up in potential for more likely a Harden deal than Tobias. I don't know how you're doing this unless it's Maxi, Tobias, some picks that you would have to get from a James Harden trade. Um, Outside of that, it would be tough. And Dame said he only wants to go to Miami. Obviously, the NBA said you can't say that, but it's been out there. We all know that. So, uh, I I mean, if, if possible, yeah. I mean, why not? Obviously, rather have Tobias Harris or uh, Damian Lillard over Tobias Harris, but it's a it's a tough tough trade to make work. It's not happening. Look, obviously, it would be nice, yeah. but it's not happening. It's not happening. Like, let's just drop the conversation there. <laughs> and and yeah. on that note, unless you have anything else you want to add, maybe the lack of Sixers and playing in FIBA right now, but um, that's kind of disappointing. But yeah, no, it is. But the only thing I was gonna say. Uh, kind of Sixers related. So Nick Nurse threw out the first pitch. Was it, I'm not sure if it was today or yesterday. I, I but, saw that. Yeah, impersonated Craig Kimball. Great. And uh, gave a good interview saying that he was in Chicago when um, Kimball was there when he threw out his first first pitch uh, prior to this. So I don't know. Funny. I think he, again, you know, I don't think it's too hard to know how to make a good impression in Philly. And I think Nick Nurse started out well with that. I, I agree. So on that note, let's go ahead and wrap this one up. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate everyone listening to the Sixer Sense podcast. Please go over to the SixerSense.com where you can read all our articles, some good ones about Ben Simmons, some good slideshows we got coming out with the dog days of summer, as Lucas was mentioning. Um, continue to listen to us. You can listen to us on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, anywhere else that you listen to your podcast. And until next time, go Sixers. Go Sixers.